heroes out of the scriptures. And the next slide is just in groups of three. How it could have inspired them, how it could have inspired us. And there's so many people in the scripture, and there's points where we could relate to them as they relate to our world. Three great prophets who wrote those long books, Isaiah, Jeremiah, and Ezekiel. Did you know, for instance, that Isaiah was a married man? Did you know that Jeremiah was a bachelor throughout his life? Did you know that Ezekiel lost his wife a few years into his ministry and was widowed? But if they had those human experiences, and I put the chapter references up there, they are on the board in the hall, and I'm hoping to get all these Bible references in the next notice sheet for you to follow through. And if you've spotted something about your eight times table, chapter 8, chapter 16, chapter 24. But Isaiah, a married man with two boys who helped him in his ministry. And it talks about his wife being a prophetess as well. Isn't that a blessed family? Husband and wife being believers. Both show the same type of spirituality, a prophetess and a prophet together. And taking his boys on his ministry trips as well. He is a great statesman. He has two boys. One name begins with M and the other with S. And if you can remember those names, let alone pronounce them, I'm sure you deserve an extra cake in morning tea. <laughs> then Jeremiah, a single person. And yet, just as Isaiah believed in the God of creation who created male and female, so they too followed and lived by Bible standards throughout their lives, whether widowed or single or married, and followed the Ten Commandments and walked in holiness before God. And whatever our human state, surely we can link up with one of them. And then going back to those founding fathers, Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, what sort of jobs did they have? Not so different from the jobs available in Palestine in the first century, or some of the jobs available when we ministered in the goldfields and wheat belt, of the farmers of this land, desperate for water, but making their livelihood out of wheat and sheep. So the next slide summarizes these. Abraham was noted once he was traveling in the promised land for digging wells wherever he went, as well as having altars and prayer points. And one of the wells he dug was at Beersheba. I mention that because if you know anything about First World War history and the greats of the Australian military, it was the 800 horsemen that released Beersheba from enemy captivity, marched through in 1917, to um, release Jerusalem from foreign subjugation. And that goes back to the wells that Abraham dug. Isaac, Isaac was a farmer, organic farming, because they didn't have much choice in those days. But when you read, when he settled in, the first-year crops yielded a hundredfold. You ask any farmer, that's some yield. And then Jacob, married to Rachel, amongst others, but that's another story, um, who was the one person in Scripture called shepherdess. 
and no doubt her skills in sheep breeding that she'd learned at the station she grew up on helped with Jacob setting up his business. And what a business it was, coming back from uh, as a rich man. You might remember some of the story of how they had that terrible family row. He had to push over east for 20 years before coming back. But with all their problems and the types of jobs they did, it would have related to the hearers of Jesus. Oh, yes, I know a farmer. I've done a bit of sheep breeding. I, too, am desperate for water. So if Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob could walk out of Scripture to have an intelligent conversation with us and our jobs, and especially with the farmers, then we could walk into Scripture to recapture some of their faith, some of their excitement, some of their closeness to God, some of their life of faith in the uncertainties that prevailed in first century Israel and perhaps in 21st century the world which we live in. How to live by faith with an uncertain future. And it is an uncertain future. So to be true to Scripture and perhaps the experience of too many of us, I want to take the tough subjects now of death and bereavement. And look at how some of God's saints in the past died. Elijah, Elisha, and Jacob. So the next slide, please. The two great prophets, Elijah and Elisha, they didn't write any books. I got them mixed up when I was young, but J comes before S in the alphabet. Elijah, followed by Elisha. But Elijah, just think of how God took him into heaven. God sent down his fiery chariots from heaven, swooped down near the Jordan, picked up Elijah, took him up straight to heaven. What a wonderful privilege. What a wonderful way to go. But the Christians who are there at the time of the end of the world for the rapture will again discover that the Lord will descend from heaven with a cry of command, with the call of the archangel, with the sound of the trumpet of God, and the dead in Christ will rise first. Then we who are alive, who happen to be there at the time, will rise with them to meet the Lord in the air. So we shall always be with the Lord. Perhaps some of us will be going that way, if Elijah. Or others of us will go the way of Elisha. Two holy prophets. If anything, Elisha does more miracles than Elijah. But what a way to go. 2 Kings 13 verse 14 says, Elisha became ill with the illness with which he died. We don't know how long it took for that terminal illness to begin to strike into his body, for people to notice it, for his powers to deteriorate and eventually go through the indignity of human weakness into the life beyond. And maybe some of us will be going that way. I'm sure we know some people who have gone that way. But by a nice coincidence of numbers, if you don't look to 2K13 verse 14, but 2C13 verse 14 in the New Testament, 2 Corinthians 13 verse 14 or at least the final verse, sometimes it's 13, 
we've got that wonderful prayer. And if we know people who are going to glory through this other route of Elisha, we want to pray for you that may the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ and the love of God and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with you as you complete your earthly journey and make that transition into the heavenly realms. And then another way to die, Jacob. And perhaps if we had the choice, we'd all want that. In our good old age, maybe on our deathbed, yes, but the whole family gathered around like all of Jacob's children and having that wise, prophetic, prayerful few words with each one of them. And you can read this in Genesis 49. But at the end, Jacob just drew his legs up onto the bed, breathed his last, and that lovely phrase of the Old Testament was gathered to his people. What a wonderful way that many people would choose to go. But we don't have a choice. Our times are in his hands. If we've trusted our Lord for our healthy life, we can surely trust him for the end of our earthly life because we trust him for our eternity. So it's just that transition period that some of us have difficulties with. But if it's we who sometimes have difficulties, what about other people, the bereaved? How do people face bereavement in the times of Scripture? And again, it's Old Testament Scriptures I'm looking at because it's the crowds who heard Jesus and the clarity and the new way by which this promising Messiah would speak. Think in the book of Ruth. And there's Naomi, who the story starts off with, married, they're a farming family, two good strong boys, but there's famine. And they hear that there's better weather down south. So there's nothing in the Bible about whether they prayed about it, or sought God's guidance, but they will willingly, some would say willfully, left God's people, even if they're in having difficulties, to go to another country and try to set up things there. To begin with, things appeared to be going better. And that sadly is true when some people give up church. To walk for a while, things appear to be going better, but then they realize they're on their own like Naomi and her husband were. Husband dies. You don't know anything about that mystery illness? It just says her husband died. How devastated would Naomi, his wife, feel? How devastated would she feel as a mother when her husband and the father of her boys died? Well, They're not told, but the story goes on. It appears to go all right for a bit more. The boys, fancy local girls, they both get married. Things appear to be improving until first one boy dies, then the second boy dies. Naomi, not just one devastating bereavement, but three devastating bereavements, all her family gone. How does she react? Does she rebel against God? Does she say nothing more to do with God? Why has he done this to me? 
There's none of that questioning. Somehow, through it all, all, she manages to hold faith with God. And then what about one of the wives? Ruth got married. Wonderful. Within a few years, husband dies. A newly married wife, deserted, bereaved. How devastated she was. But somehow or other, she didn't rebel against God. Her problems led her to God. And that's what we want to happen these days, that our problems bring us closer to God. And so you get that lovely phrase in Ruth. And when Ruth decides to become a convert, she says to her mother-in-law, where you go, I will go. Where you stay, I will stay. Your people will be my people, and your God will be my God. For time and eternity. And those of you who know the story, there's a happy ending, and she's one of the ancestors of our Savior Christ. Here's the man preaching that sermon. Other bereavements, much more quickly now, David's best friend, Jonathan, they grew up together. They're in the army together as freedom fighters. But in one battle, he get, Jonathan gets killed. 2 Samuel tells something of the poem he wrote as an elegy. And if you've got that sudden bereavement, especially of someone close to us, try writing something down, expressing your thoughts in the presence of God. And Abraham's wife, I mentioned it more as a bit of trivia, really. She's the one lady in the Bible that we know her age. Only one woman gives her age away in the Bible. But also, she's the first believer, so to speak, to die. Abraham's wife, they're both justified by faith and it's reckoned to them as righteousness. She's the first person of the old covenant to pass on to glory. So we can go through scripture to find so many different heroes and heroines. I mentioned about Ruth. There's Esther, for instance, the orphan who was rescued in the, in the refugee camp by her uncle, Mordecai that goes in for the beauty contest and becomes the queen, and just there at the right time. Abigail, a beautiful, skillful, wise woman known for her diplomacy, averts one of the civil wars. And there's so many in Scripture. And jumping now to the last slide, these heroes that they had, the very last slide, please, they were ordinary human beings in the Scripture, whom God chose. They walked by faith, they found his grace and forgiveness, and there are examples, both good and bad, to inspire us to run with the race with perseverance. What is set before us, looking to Jesus. The crowds looked to Jesus, this new preacher. Such clarity, such vision. I want to follow him. And some of them heard later those words from heaven, this is my beloved son, listen to him. Or like Peter say, you are the Christ, the son of the living God. We have those words because we know that that son of God is with us today. 
The Jews would have known that over the centuries God has spoken to their people and many times and in various ways. But in those last times, God had spoken to them. God speaks to us through his Son, whom he has appointed the heir of all things, through whom he made the worlds. He is the image of the invisible God, the radiance of God's glory, the exact representation of his being, upholding all things by the word of his power. And in these coming weeks and days, where we're called to live by faith and live with the uncertainty we haven't known for ages, we need to entrust our lives and our futures and the details of our days to him who upholds all things by the word of his power. Because that comes from eternity. And he will uphold us by his power through the ups and downs of life, through the ups and downs of health, through the ups and downs of our final threshold into eternity. So let's now just spend a minute or two of quiet, focusing our eyes upon Jesus, and that will lead us into the following song. Let's be quiet briefly. <laughs>